Hi and welcome to the podcast You're Having Tea with Alice. My guest this week is Mike Kaplan, spelled M-Y-Q, which I occasionally deliberately mispronounce as Mick because I think changing your spelling to M-Y-Q is uh, something that should occasionally be rewarded and occasionally be punished. He's a very interesting chap. I had a really interesting chat with him. I met him in New York a couple of years ago when I was living there and we never really had a proper conversation. We just had conversations up the back of comedy rooms in passing. But I always liked him and I always wanted to know what he thought about the world. And uh, now I know a little bit more about that and I'm pleased that I do. Uh, he was in Melbourne to do his show Headliners, which is now finished um, so in terms of plugging him, I guess just look him up online and, and look at his stuff. It's very good. It's very good. Um, I am exhausted. I had a day off yesterday. Uh, this is in this podcast release is in in fulfilment of my promise that I would deliver slightly more than one a week to make up for the shortfall from having been on the road for now I think ten or eleven weeks. I I don't really know. Time means nothing. Uh, yesterday was my first day off. For a long time, every time I've had a day off, it's ended up being filled with stuff. And yesterday was unfortunately not an exception. I had the morning off, and then I got pulled in for two gigs in the evening. And in those gigs, uh, I was not being paid for those gigs. They were an opportunity to plug my show. And let's say I don't think I gave uh, myself the best uh, of all representations while I was on stage. I, I can, I've done comedy now long enough that I can deliver a relatively competent performance even when I'm on autopilot, which I was. I was on autopilot. I think the moral of the story is don't take gigs on your day off. If you know you're desperately overdue for a day off, look that person in the face when they're panic-stricken and have someone had, have had someone drop out at the last minute. Look them in the face and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. I can't. Or... If I can, it won't be very good. Um, good moral. Good moral. I probably won't learn anything from it, to be honest. I, I find it difficult to do that, to, to not help if I can help. Um, anyway, email me uh, on alicerfraser at gmail.com. Tweet me at, at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E, come see Savage in Melbourne, 8.30 at the Mercure every day except Monday or in Sydney, uh, or in Edinburgh. So look me up online and figure out those dates. Edinburgh won't be till August. Sydney's in May. Melbourne is until, I think, the 16th of this month. April? I don't... What time? Time means nothing. All right, I'm going to let you get on with the podcast, and then I might have a nap. You're having tea with Alice. It'll make it so that people want me to come back next year and see me do more things. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. Thank you. I'm, I don't have any tea right now. Is that a problem? Or that should... is a problem. Okay. Um, but it's okay. We can manage without. It's I had some earlier. Okay. You some? You're still on tea? Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I got, I got tea up the, you know, um, in my mouth and in my stomach. Good. The, oh. <laughs> that sounds so specific that it might have come in the wrong way. Oh, like yeah, it's I didn't. In, like, I didn't put it in my lips, but it is in my mouth and my stomach. You're right. For I didn't. Some... I said it went up. Like, I got tea all up the... I was going to say wazoo, but then, you know, that's not, that's not... I didn't put any tea in my wazoo. No, that would be yeah. a colonic. Yeah. People do that, but I think they do it with coffee. Uh, that's true. I'm not a big coffee drinker. I am definitely more a tea person. And uh, just oh, to good. set the record straight, I drank it into my mouth, and that's how it's in my body now. Good. Correct. That is the correct way to do mm, it. Thank you. Uh, so for this podcast, I should have given you a heads up, but uh, oh, no problem. just talk about ideas that basically you can only get away with talking about on podcasts. Oh, goodbye. I don't like to do that. <laughs> just things that, like... You, can't be taken as sound bites. If you have a complicated idea or an idea that you think needs proper explaining. Oh, sure. Basically that. I understand. So should I think of a complicated idea? If you want to, but we can talk about other stuff beforehand. Okay, let's let's uh, let's warm up to it. Let's warm up to My it. My subconscious will be brewing it. away on oh, yeah. things that you think are complicated. I definitely have a... I, I do have something in mind that I've been talking about with people extensively that I'm positive... Ne- I don't even know if a full conversation 
will be, a, I mean, certainly a soundbite won't do it. Yeah. A whole podcast might not do it. I uh, might not even be One of those lifetimes able, of study sort of things. Many lifetimes. Not even my own. I think other people's lifetimes are required for All right. this. This is a society-wide project. Yeah, definitely. All right. That's yeah. okay. Is sure. it veganism? It's not. Okay. I've, I, that I'm done. I, you, I, good, you've good, sorted I got, yourself out absolutely. on that? I know how that works. Are you principled? Like, what, is it a principled issue or like a... Yeah, it's a anti-factory farm. Anti-unnecessary suffering issue, yeah. which I think most reasonable people, if you're like, hey, are you anti... Uh, uh, unnecessary suffering. Yeah. Like, obviously, suffering exists in the world. Uh, and the question of what is necessary, you know, you can get down to the nitty gritty of terms, but if the question is like, would you, you know, just out of nowhere go up and punch a cow in the face, or would you not do that? Most people are like, I'm not going to do it, but far worse things are happening that don't quote unquote need to. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's my main thing. And people are like, what about friendly farms that treat the cows nicely? Great, I am, I have no, no problem. If you want to eat those cows, 100%, yeah. I would rather you eat those cows than ones that were. Uh, worse than punched in the face. But yeah, that's not what I wanted to talk about. Okay, that's but I'm happy enough. to talk about it. If you want to talk about yeah. it, you can. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I have this thing where um, I will not eat... I don't eat meat, but I don't call myself a vegetarian. I oh, I don't call myself meat. anything. I will eat meat if it is... Uh, if I really genuinely, truly, and I'm not trying to fool myself, if I believe that it is not there for me and will go to waste if oh, super. I don't eat it. I'm on board with that. That's fair. That's f- you know. Like you go around to restaurants, people leave, <laughs> kicking off their plates, freaking no, style. No, it's more. Yeah. It's more that I don't have a problem with the substance itself. I was brought up oh. Buddhist, and so you don't. There's no idea of like a, a soul or inherent thing to it. But oh yeah. I don't. Again, I'm not into cruelty. Oh yeah. So, so I mean, for me, I don't. I also don't really. I mean, the soul, the con. The, it's a word. It's a word. It doesn't. You know, whatever. If it means yeah. something to you, wonderful. Uh, but there are. You know, it seems like there is what it. Pleasure and pain. Maybe those are also fictions of some kind, but fictions that have some sort of use and merit, you know, yeah. uh, understanding in the real world. So, like, again, like if you saw somebody doing something bad to a thing, and then, yeah, again, I wouldn't want, I don't want things to go to waste. Like, the, I think an argument at, that came up at lunch at a vegan restaurant the other day, Smith & Daughters, which is a wonderful, man, love yeah, that yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, they, so there was, you know, somebody... I'm, I'm not a person who's, like, out to convert and proselytize. I'm just, I was there to have a fun meal, but another friend who's not vegan was, like, talking to another person who wasn't vegan and was like, vegans, convince these, why should people be vegan? I'm like, well, yeah, you know. Uh, please and, don't make me the spokesperson for everything. And so one of the people was like, isn't the food just going to go to waste if I don't eat it? I'm like, well, that's not necessarily how the how supply and demand works like if everybody says what you said then things will continue with the status quo but yeah. if if you were like hey maybe if i you know like voting you know like yeah what is my vote gonna do i don't know but if if everybody like who else thought like that uh voted similarly perhaps you could make a difference uh i think in veganism probably yeah, in Australia more we have than voting, voting. Yeah. oh yeah yeah it's compulsory to vote you get a hundred dollar fine if you don't vote wow uh which it's sort of a it's an interesting thing. We have a very civic society. And Love it, it means there are fewer... Ext- I mean, at the moment, we've got quite a douchey uh, political party, but we have fewer extremes because you don't have to fire people up to vote. Like, you don't have to make people afraid so people and feel like they need to vote, otherwise the world's going to go to... In- shit it's more sort of just petty grievances (laughs) it's more middle groundy because of it interesting that it that is something that i'm also would love to hear more about and discuss more but uh but yeah that's i mean which again we can totally fine it's up to you what was your idea that you were brewing in the back of your head it's a lifetime project or a project for society Uh, just a thing that i mean is more recently popping up in my you know consciousness is i mean like trans rights uh, ah, interesting. Like, I've, I've just met so many more people uh, these days who, you know, are trans-identified, queer-identified, uh, and I, as a, you know, cisgender, you know, uh, male that has... Uh, here's the thing. Is I, again, I don't, like, I don't go around saying, like, I, there have been times when I've been saying, like, I'm a vegan, I'm an atheist, I'm a non-monogamist, I'm a, you know, mm. all these you know, sort of, you know, fringy things that define... The other now I think I I don't say that I'm those things, but I essentially am those things. But, yeah. I mean, some of them there are like gray areas because there's, they're yeah. There's certain things that put you outside of the mainstream, more or less. And and but the the way that I come to these things and as I don't I'm not a huge fan of labels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I label myself a non-labeler is a joke that I I don't even do that joke. That's not, I don't even just do it on podcasts hardly <laughs> ever. It's not it doesn't work. It only works as a soundbite. So. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I. 
legitimately, like, especially, like, say, atheism is something that I don't go around now being like, I definitely don't believe in a thing. Like, yeah. because that's not an important part of, I'm like, the important thing, I think, is be kind. Like, is, yeah. is there God? Isn't there God? Who created what? Does? Like, most things don't matter other than, you know, be kind to people. Like, if you have it if you have it well, help other people have it well. Yeah, it's if, very rarely relevant what you believe. Yeah, I'd much rather, like, somebody not believe in... Who cares what you believe as long as you act in a... In a reasonable, yeah, if you look kind, at the number of people way. who justify incredibly different behaviors by reference to the same essential texts, it, you realize that it's actually not relevant necessarily what they believe, it's relevant what they do. Right, and I've had experiences, I mean, like when people say, well, well what do you believe? I mean, I believe in, you know, the, the beauty and magic that does exist in the world through art and music and, you know, connections and friendships and love and all these things that, and they're like, so you believe in God? I'm like, if you want to call those things God, that's great. Like, I mean, that's, that's totally, like, we're all made of the same, you know, atoms, particles, we were stars, we're now this, we will be dirt. Will be food for worms, etc. Uh, and so, yeah. So that's that's the thing that now, like, I think, I it's people use labels to. I mean, it's, they're useful. Like, you know, like, hey, is that wh- what kind of things kill us? You know, these mm. poisons, these tigers, these. You know, yeah. Like that. Labels cert- are useful yeah. in some contexts. But I mean, in survival mainly, and then so once. Yeah, we get to like a place where we don't. Not that we don't need to worry about those things specifically. But you can start yeah. playing with what is necessary and what is not necessary. This is, I'm, I'm very interested to think, I'm talking a little bit about this stuff in my show, mm-hmm. about normative and prescriptive. Oh, yeah. And I think that gets really hairy when it comes to trans rights and, stuff. Oh, yeah, and here's the thing. When I say I don't like labels, like or I don't need labels or whatever, that is, I recognize my privilege in being able to do, like, oh, yeah, the, the straight, white, cisgender man, you know, yeah. doesn't, doesn't care about labels. Like, I'm not telling... I'm certainly not telling other people not to use labels. Mm. Like, if I, I will never tell anybody else how to define themselves, their identity, their life, their actions, their beliefs, like their selves. Like that, everybody gets to do that for oneself. I can have opinions. Like if you know, there's if a woman says I'm a lesbian and then marries a man. Like many people will be like, then perhaps you're not exactly a lesbian. Perhaps you're a bisexual. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm like legitimately. I own only this man and billions of women I'm attracted to. Yeah. This man, like you know, 99.99. Like, it makes most sense to call myself a lesbian. I'm like, I f- call yourself a lesbian. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say you're not a lesbian because what. People, I feel like the thing that I say about religion sometimes is like it's just like the thing that it says is like you're you're having fun wrong or you're like you're just doing yeah like and who's play when you're not hurting anybody. Is like, it an interesting thing? I was walking past a sign. It was Easter this weekend. I was walking past a sign of religious people who had the Ten Commandments laid out. I was brought up a Buddhist, sort of slightly outside the Judeo-Christian norm. Slightly in in Burmese style. My dad was Jewish. My mum was Catholic. So I had some sense of what those things were. But like for example, they were infected. Yeah. When I saw the cross with the guy on it for the first time, oh yeah, I was so upset by it. Like I don't think most people who brought up in that tradition realize. No, it's there all the time. It's a really weird. That's. I mean, it's a strange. Naked dead guy on the thing. wall. Yeah. And so, but I, I, I don't think I'd really, as an adult, looked at all of the Ten Commandments laid out and, and thought about a lot of them I don't think are hugely relevant to life choices. No. As, as, as you think of the Ten Commandments as something that is essential and fundamental and, and integral to an identity, and they, so they should be the most fundamental behavioral principles. Yes. And they're things like, oh, don't look at this person or don't... Oh yeah. No, they're sort of very yeah, do not do not covet your neighbors. Respect what, yeah. your parents. And I, I mean, was like, well, what if they're not nice? Right. I mean, well, I think respect everyone. Yeah. Like and understand. Like they, these all came from ta- obviously came from a time and place when it was like be fruitful and multiply, or else maybe there'll be no more humans. Like yeah. now, like it's nice that. In theory, that like the Constitution in America is like a thing that people compare. There's there's amendments and there's commandments, yeah. and people get them all mixed up as like, well, we have to look it back at what the people who wrote this thing, who were you know like racist slave owners, you know, sexist, didn't let women, etc. Like, and obviously, 
at least, you know, when they were like, we don't know everything, so we, we're able to amend this document, like, in the future to yeah. let everyone, you know, everyone who is a human have the rights that other humans have. But the Ten Commandments don't have, like, there's no amending the commandments. No, like, there's no amending the commandments. And also, I mean, just the great thing about America where they say, all men are created equal. And you go, well, you are assuming <laughs> men and created Oh, yeah. And what is equality again? Like, you look at the libertarian idea of equality, it's very different from the kind of socialist idea of equality. And also, our creative. I mean, what, there's so many. Yeah, everything's <laughs> problematic. The, you reminded me of a thing. I was, in, I was involved in a conversation, like, last night or the night before, where it got to be. It was humorously put. I don't know how we got to this port, part of the conversation, but we were talking about. I was like, I think that I've. It's gonna. I hope this makes sense without the context because I, I, it doesn't almost doesn't to me. Yeah. But the idea that I was like every person has a torso. Like if you don't have a torso, the torso is sort of the essential bit. Right. I mean, like, well, obviously, if you don't have a brain, like, you need to be a person. You need a brain. And but a the, torso. But you at least need something to power the brain, which is like blood pumped from the heart. There has to be at least. So it's like there needs to be some portion. Yeah, a head and a thorax. But and a yeah. digestive system of some kind. Like, and I was, and so the, a person was <laughs> jokingly, uh, you know, taking the piss out of me and my state. Like that sounds kind of ableist. Everyone needs to have a torso. Like what about? And I was like, of course, there are people without arms. There are people without legs. There are people missing. Like I've seen, you know, a guy on a skateboard with no legs, only just you know the upper yeah, body yeah, yeah, rolling. Yeah. But he has a torso. I'm like, and I'm not trying to. Uh, so the just, point you're, is, you're yeah. trying to define what it actually is, I'm, what the yeah. fundamental thing is. And I'm not being. I'm. I'm not aiming to be prescriptive about it. I'm not yeah. saying every. Everyone has to have a torso. I'm trying to be descriptive. I'm like, I think everyone has, everyone I've ever seen here, yeah. has a torso. Like, if you don't have a torso and you're alive, I'd love to see it and be proven wrong. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, the questions of, you know, what, I don't know, that might not even be relevant, but it was in the context of, like, these, of a larger question about, like, you know, what, you know, what is a person? What, what are the rights that people have? Do we confer them on each other? Do we, ought, do they come with nature? Like, what is, you know, societal? What is yeah. nurtured? What is natural? And I mean, the reason that I, that this is, uh, this whole conversation will all be hemming and hawing is because, like, I could identify as like a lesbian assigned male at birth, and I, re- I identify more, and I do like relate to, and like I have a great affinity for, like, you know, the queer community. Like, I've wanted to say, like, is I'm, I've talked to some queer friends, but like, am I a, like, am I allowed? I mean, the question of am I allowed? Like, yeah. if I say, what would happen if I said I am culturally queer? You know, like the way there's cultural Jews, are like I believe nothing of the thing, but people are like, but you're a Jew. You're definitely you were raised by Jews, and you have this, you know, whatever. Whatever the things you, you think are associated. You tick a lot of boxes, whatever it is. You're a comedian. Right. Yeah. It's you're, a, I have this because I'm halfy as well. Right. Like. And and so, uh, or like, you know, cer- certain ethnic uh, qualities that, like, you, like, to say somebody looks Jewish, like, with the right tone, doesn't have to be offensive. It could be. But yeah. uh, it's, like, there is a, there's meaning to the statement, you seem Jewish or look yes. Jewish. Like, hey, you, that was a great argument you made in court. Are you, you know, whatever. So this is an interesting thing. Yeah, I'll put on it in racist terms sure. and then maybe move towards <laughs> yeah. towards the trans stuff. So this thing about cultural appropriation, right? Yes. Uh, if you see a Japanese man in a Western business suit, it is not loaded. Correct. But if you see... Seen him a lot. Uh, Katy Perry in a kimono, that is loaded. Oh, yeah. And for me, I find that upsetting I, I mean, not. There are people who take offense to it because they feel like it's orientalizing and so on and so forth. I find it upsetting that it is upsetting because it implies a power dynamic that I don't think necessarily exists. It's like the kind of thing, maybe this is not an exact parallel, but you know, I don't know what you call sprinkles on cupcakes here or like on ice cream, but do you call them sprinkles? Like, you know, uh, rainbow hundreds colors. Hundreds and thousands. Yeah, hundreds and thousands. And so in America, many people call them sprinkles, and then sometimes for the chocolate ones, they've been called jimmies. Yeah. And then there was a time, sometime, I don't know, in my lifetime, where people were like, uh-oh, jimmies, that actually comes from a racist origin, so we shouldn't call them jimmies. And then now you look up on Snopes.com, you know, it's a debunking website, and it's like, actually, that was never the truth. So now people are just, you know, manufacturing outrage that yeah. where they're 
like quote unquote should have been none. Like there was no problem. You made a problem, and now now this story just exists out of nothing. Like there's yes. you know, ripples in the world that that trace back to nowhere. Like there's yeah, and this idea of things that are problematic that contribute to cultural things, I find often very frustrating. Not that those things are not problematic oh, yeah. or part of another culture, but those things are at best the most distant curls of, of growth on, on a, a central problem yes. that needs addressing. And trimming those shoots does nothing. Oh, yeah. And Less than nothing. Worse than nothing. And that that rem- that brings to mind like I, everyone every so often in the comedy world, and maybe it has ripples in the real in the non-comedy in the sort of the mainstream mm. uh, society world as well. But like the you know rape joke controversies that come up, which uh, who has the yeah. right? I mean, and so like so say what happens is you know somebody makes a joke about sexual assault. Some it, it sort of became like com- you know. Male comedian versus feminist blogger. Like it wasn't obviously not all male comedians, yeah. not all comedians, not all not like, all men, not like, all bloggers. For example, not like all women, I'd not say all like feminists. like there was Hashtag. on on W Kamau Bell's show, uh, totally biased yes. when this when this happened at one point. Jim Norton came on to discuss the what uh, one side, and then Lindy West, you know, came on to discuss the other side, and you know. They're both. Every, when I was watching them, I'm like, you both agree about most of the things. Yeah. Like, like she says. I mean, I'll be her point, which I agree with more, which is like, you anybody can say, like, can legally, for the most part, mm. say almost almost anything they want to say. <laughs> yes. Like, you can't. I mean, I can't think you can't say, violence. I'm going to murder you. Everyone should murder somebody. Yeah. I mean, unless you're acting in a play. You know, obviously, yeah. if you say it and it seems like you mean that yeah. you're going to cause violence to somebody, that makes sense. Don't say that. You know. Yes. Fire in a crowded theater, etc. Uh, but she's, yeah, a comedian can say anything, and then I can think they're an asshole and write anything. Like, yeah. and that's that's, that's all work. true. That's yeah. that's how freedom of speech literally works. Like, yeah. you can say something, and I can say something, and those things can go at each other. I remember there was a thing. Uh, Kurt Metzger is another comedian who like weighed in heavily on uh, the comedian side of things. If that is like, I don't yeah. even like to say. You know, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he's a comedian, and he. He point he made this point, which I like, but also recognize some uh, bit of problematic nature to it. He says like, uh, saying don't you know trying to uh, if if people are trying to say don't make these jokes, that's not aiming at the root of the problem. Like aim at the problem, which is sexual assault in life in culture, and that because art is a mirror, art is a you know a reflection of what's going on. Like don't ju- yeah, like, don't trim away. Like oh, if we don't say it, then it's not happening. Yeah. Like it's happening. Let's address that. Of course, like when you talk about art and life, art is also in life. Like, yeah, art so, is part of life, and it shapes life. And so, art. I think it's. I think it's important. I mean, as I'll just talk for myself. As a comedian, I. Uh, I think I ideally, you know, sometimes I'm on stage riffing, coming up with things in the moment, not planning every word or yeah. thought out beforehand. But for the the bulk of what I say, it is planned out beforehand, and I know that. I, like again, I'm quote, I'm quoting many people. Uh, so far, a lot of men. Lindy West, woman, is great. Okay, uh, but Todd Glass, you know, will I'm paraphrasing, but he'll say something like, you know, of course, anyone can say anything they want, but what what do you want to say? Why do you want to say whatever you want to say? Like, you can't say all the truth. Like, yes. So if truth is important, then which truth? Which truth is the most important? Well, so then this is another problem, which is that I will talk about. Uh, women and being a woman and what that feels like to 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 wrestle with these ideas of like uh, I think there are biological female tendencies that we have to understand to moderate for example the obsession with looking good I think that comes not just from socialization but also from a biological thing and if you can be conscious and aware of it you can deal with it in the same way that a lot of men have to deal with surges of testosterone and wanting to punch people women have to deal with this idea that they you know will want to look pretty all the time and that they don't necessarily need to but then when I say women and men you are I mean I'm gonna jump on what you're saying as like I think there's a possibility that even your recognition of this is so come 
deep down socialized because I mean if you look at like my friend Shane Moss a comedian yep. uh, has a, a Netflix special right now or a special a comedy special called I think it's called Mating Season mm. where he discusses the science of sexual selection and he looks at uh, not just humans he looks at you know all through the animal kingdom and yep. if you look at most most animals the male is the flashy one you know the peacock and, is, and with women uh, and with women and men before the 17th century it was the men who would wear and the women who were considered the sort of so that seems. I mean, I'm. Not, I'm. The point. Not kind of doesn't matter whether it is biological or sociological. The point is, if you want to look good, look good. Or if, however you want to, however you want to look, look that way. Yeah, but this is my point yes, with it please. is that whether it's socialized or biologized, we have this urge as women to look good, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But also. The, this uh, there's an argument in feminism at the moment that it's not, that it is wrong to shame women or make people feel ashamed women ashamed of, of wanting to look good of spending time and money and energy on of fashion yeah and that, that is wrong to shame women for that because that's just a female thing right yes. and and we should be supportive or just I think it's wrong to shame I mean I'm yeah, just like shame you know doesn't what I mean yeah. criticize or, or yes. think of it as less important than other Correct. things sure but I think it is less important than other more important things like the fact that we spend 7.4 billion dollars a year on cosmetics and i i do i agree with you and i don't i hope this doesn't come off as like semantically nitpicky but i do think that it can be both recognized that it is that you know there are of course on different scopes important things of varying degrees of importance like uh like i just saw for the first time that which will sort of bring us back to the trans issue, uh, a new friend of mine pointed me out to Dark Matter, who I'd mm. never heard of. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I saw there, because I'm a big fan of Dan Savage. Yes. And I understand there are, I think I think he's great, and I think he evolves and change, he's had he's had views that, like, were incorrect, and, and when people point out, like, things uh, about, you know, female biology, or, you know, society, or what various, you know, stud, new studies come out, like, he is an adaptive person, which I think is the way, you know, yeah, the he's way to growing be. and changing, and, like, if criticisms are leveled at him, and he hears them, and he note, he'll process them, and in general, respond to them in yeah. ways that I, and he's a human, and we're all flawed, and I'm not putting anybody on a pedestal for the sake of it, and, but, so, Dark Matter had, like, sort of a, a video that I saw that was, like, an open letter to Dan Savage, just sort of like a uh, a sl- it was like a slam poetry-ish. I don't want to do a disservice to what what it was exactly, but it was you know an artist art. an artistic piece that was you know framed as an, an addressing Dan Savage uh, item. And one of the lines in it is you know uh, about how it's much more important to talk about uh, the murder of queer people than the marriage of queer people. Uh, and who would like? I think that that's a hundred percent. I mean, not to say that marriage isn't important, that equal rights aren't important, but Mm. that there are populations of, you know, say, uh, disenfranchised, like, less, you know, less white, less male uh, elements of our society who are at a disproportionate, you know, risk of, you know, violence, murder. Uh, And so, obviously, to people who are physically in unsafe situations, like, marriage is not the main issue. Mm. Uh, And agreed. Like, and and I don't think that Dan would also disagree. But also, mm-hmm. uh, part of the reason that they are unsafe is because marriage is the issue. I think that, I mean, again, this now, everything traces back to the root cause of, you know, just, you know, institutionalized sexism, misogyny, homophobia, like all the, the thinking of uh, the different, the feminized as less than. Yes. Uh, and so it's, again, not to say that nobody should be talking about... I, I, everybody, I mean, we can't yeah. all be the Bill Gates Institute. That's true. We can't all put hundreds and thousands of dollars into research on figuring out what or the, Jimmy's the, the, dollars. Yeah. Uh, the, thank you. The uh, what the most effective thing to focus on at any given time is. Of course. Otherwise, every problem can be diminished. You know, every problem. Well, are you? Oh yeah. Are you dying of Ebola with one leg in the middle of the the right. jungle somewhere? Oh yeah. Of course. I think. Dan, here's the here's the way. It's again, it's good for the universe or for our country or for the world, humanity, communication to work this way. That Dan Savage talks about what he talks about, which uh, is important. Yes. And then these people see what he's talking about, and they're like, well, "What?" Just the fact yeah. that he has an ethical, a secular ethical morality, mm-hmm. which is not something that was really 
on the table before. Oh, 100%. It was either you believed in God or you kind of were in the wilderness on your own trying to figure things out. And the fact that he offers a framework that you can agree with or disagree with, a point of reference where you're like, well, that's a way that I can be or oh, yeah. not. Yes. Just the fact that he's voicing that is hugely important. I think he's had a massive influence oh, on society. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that people like him are also now laying laying groundwork, like the same way that, you know, feminists from, you know, decades ago made the world such that there can be women who are like, I don't need to be a feminist. Like, yes. I mean, they are, you know, bar- and that is, they can say that. They, yes. can, they can be and think and feel and yes. do whatever they want in a way that wasn't, it, not that it wasn't, happening it just it wasn't as prevalent yeah. as possible as accepted and things uh, are much more complicated now it used to be you just met a man and bought his daughter and hundred <laughs> percent and and thousand percent uh, and so but I mean I really like I like that there are differing views and I mean that's that's the whole the whole thing for me now is like what like wanting to learn like I have you know friends who are comedians who are you know many many comedians are cisgender straight white males mm-hmm. uh, and so I know a lot of them yes. but I and the ones that I like that resonate with me and you know, among obviously other like other genders other body types orientations etc uh, races ethnicities uh, but of like of the of the male comedians like the ones that I'm closest with are like the the ones who are non-conforming like non-gender role conforming yeah. non you know like the the people who are in more into open relationships the people you know, I mean obviously I'm I'm an, I'm an open person. I I accept, you know. I I love like humans. Yeah. I like you know whoever whoever you are. If like, if you're a woman who wants to be a housewife, I wonderful. If you're a woman who never wants to be, uh, please like. And I'm more I'm more into that woman because I don't want a housewife. I want I want somebody to take care of me. Uh, I mean I want us to take take care of each other. Yeah. I mean I want. I like you know. I want individuals. I want I want everyone to be you the person. You cook, I'll wash up. <laughs> yeah, I want to. Uh, I used to have a joke that I said my when I was married, uh, my wife. You know, we don't subscribe to traditional gender roles where the woman cleans things and the man fixes things. So we live in a broken, dirty house. Uh, and like legitimately, I I, I want. I mean, I don't want. I mean, just the way it doesn't matter what I want. But my, what I love is when you know everyone decides for themselves, like who they are, what they, if they want, what they want, how they represent, how they manifest, you know, yeah. in the world, and and so the one, the challenging, the challenging part for me, poor little, you know, in, entitled white man. Uh, I'm short, also that we we have it down. Uh, tall people get paid a lot more, get to be president a lot more. Uh, like what? I'm fine. Uh, but the, so the challenging thing in the context of this thing where I'm like, everybody has, m- many people have massive challenges. I'm very fortunate. Uh, the challenge is like, how do I, you know, how, can I help? How do I help? Like, is, can I talk about, like, I mean. Yeah, is I mean, helping some sort of weird colonial power thing? Yeah, like, I or, want, yeah. is the best way to help to not say any, to be like, listen to this person, look at this person. Yeah, is, like, get is out this, of the way. Is this thing. even, you know, I mean, like, you no. asked me to be here and this this happened because this is some, things that have been bubbling around because as a comedian, I talk about things. Yeah. Like, that is what I do. Yeah. And I'm like, I've been... Our job thro- is to think about things that other people don't take time to think about. And so my, like, the, uh, the very, like, I've met, uh, and at this festival, a show that I love is... Uh, too much light makes the baby go blind. Oh have yeah, you seen Ryan's it? good. Yeah, it's, he's lovely. Uh, no, it's a. It is five people. Oh yeah, but oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, yeah. He's sorry. The yes. d- director and yes. it's his, his project. I didn't know his last name, and yeah. I'm like, it's not one person. I, no, no, you're it's, incorrect. It's, oh yeah, it's thirty plays in sixty minutes. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's uh, Ryan and uh, the people that I saw: Ryan and Mike and Emma and Paige and Willie. And I saw it twice the past two nights. Mm-hmm. I just went. I saw it once, and then I saw it again, and I love it. And then I just, I, you know, I'm becoming friends with these people because. I think what they're doing is really cool, and they they came to my show, and it's a really nice camaraderie and community, and and some of the conversations that I've been having with them are about like like they're like one of one of them I think I was talking to Emma and she's like I'm not a comedian so I don't have that frame of reference yeah. and so I'm like this is such an interesting thing but I'm like we're all hu- don't all humans talk think and talk and I mean yes but obviously in different proportions and in yes. different ways and a lot of people spend a lot of time trying not to of course and. And so the question is, obviously, we all we all talk in some contexts, some public, some private, yeah. and the and we all have some degree of impact. And like, I mean, as a comedian, I am always, I'm often thinking like, 
especially if I'm talking about a thing, like I have, I have a bit about pedophiles, and I'm not, my, to, to be clear, uh, my bit is not, not I am glad when children are assaulted. Yeah. Like, it is 100% not that. But yeah. I do talk about uh, the idea that, I mean, in, in America at least, and I'm sure in many societies all over the world, uh, it's not talked about. It's it's sort of just kept being like, hey, don't... So if you are... And it, it's it's a problem that, like, people can't seek help for because if you even seek... If you're like, I have... I mean, the question of whether pedophilia is an orientation, whether it's something that... I mean, it's certainly... no, Almost nobody is choosing it. It's something that is either, you know, inflicted upon you or some combination of nature and nurture. Yeah. Like, there's something that happens that is not your not yeah, your nobody's choosing. like, oh, of the yeah. options available of to me, I would, I would like so, to be. And this is one of the problems, because if you do talk about it, then it becomes an offence issue for both trans and gay people who are used as a reference point for... Oh, and that's not, and I mean, that's not even where I was going or even thinking about. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, not a problem. No, no, no. I mean, so the the bit that I, the the thought that I have is also based on, like, uh, or, you know, sort of in tandem with, in conglomeration with the idea that Dan Savage, like, talks about the gold star pedophile, pedophile, which I I call the ethical pedophile. Like, you know, if, if a pedophile has not touched a child, then they are a victim of circumstance. They are a victim of fate. And they are probably a better person. That's what that's the point. That, that, that any the, other person in that, the world. That's the point of my bit. Because you yeah. look at a teenage boy, you know, like you ask any teenage boy to or a young man in his twenties to withhold his sexual urges. And that is a big ask. Right. It's that's what a, a hero is somebody who sacrifices their own well being for the thing to do that is right. Yes. And there are there are pedophiles doing that and they are not getting credit because they cannot because they can't because even admit to being a pedophile. Everybody is fearful and would just, you know, lock them well, up. Well, there's that. Yeah. I mean, the example I often use is that chap in England who took a photograph of children who were ruining his plants in his front garden. He was a, a damaged, brain-damaged man. He was not all there. He took photos of these children because they were ruining his plants in his garden. He was taken in oh, for questioning God. by the police. That they is... questioned him, realised he was not all there and returned him to his home at which point he was taken out of his home beaten to death and set on fire on his front lawn not good you know this is and that is the problem that's the problem with not talking about this stuff and with not letting people be gold star pedophiles and here's the thing is I also just to play devil's advocate for a second and hopefully I'll be able to trace every way back but sometimes talking about things itself has negative consequences like uh, do you know that from what I understand and I should really do the research but I think I read from a I think a reliable source told me that uh, sometimes when, like, a suicide happens, then it can often, like, then go viral in a way. So often the news will under-report suicide for that, for the noble reason, ideally, of being like, if we if we report it, then more people will do it. Like, sort of like kind of Heisenberg principally, like, you, you can't, like, saying things is a thing that exists yeah. in the world. Like, art is part of life, or communication, like news, everything yeah. everything has consequences. So, obviously, the truth has to be weighed against the value of that specific truth, yeah. uh, and, you know, the manner and responsibility in which it is reported. Yeah. But, which is all, to go back to the reason that I brought up my, my pedophile joke is just, obviously, there could be people in the audience who take offense for whatever, they don't want to think about the concept, maybe they, you know, whatever... The very idea of a pedophile being painted in a positive light to somebody who has been damaged by... Sexual assault of could course. be repulsive and, I, and repugnant. Right. And I don't I, think yeah. that, does, that. I don't think that means it shouldn't be a topic. Oh no! I mean, and there's no there's no topic. That that's the thing. Is like you start from the guideline of, and I've, I'm sort of a, I've come to the idea that like I I base my life on you know guidelines are better than rules or I like they resonate more than rules you have a rule you're like then oh well you have to break the rule except the guideline is it's mostly hey this is the way to do it but oh is there an exception oh that's fine like then great if you like argue with it and 100% like so the guideline is like topics any no topic is off limits like you if you can talk about something in a humorous way in a caring way in a thoughtful way in a in a way that I mean you can talk about anything but like to make it a quote-unquote good you know or a resonant or an important like Doug Stanhope talks about his mother's uh, euthanasia suicide in a way that's like I think one of the most powerful beautiful stand-up bits I've ever seen on his special beer hall putsch if that's, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but, and so if somebody was just like, I don't like jokes about suicide, or I don't like jokes about this, or I don't like jokes about this, or, yeah. like, to, obviously, I understand people are responding to, like, especially if we talk about sexual assault, if people are like, oh, I don't like 
rape jokes, uh, probably like the majority of those jokes are horrible, and I like I wouldn't enjoy them, and almost nobody would enjoy them because most, uh, so many of them are being told by like horrible, not yet even comedians at like open mics, shock, people doing laughs. their impression of what they think comedy is is just saying a taboo thing and then being like, well, you can't handle it, you know. Yeah. And this is, you know, I, I it's certainly I'm painting a straw man, but there's a lot of, and it's definitely a man. Uh, <laughs> this yes. is one time where I'm fine with that. But so <laughs> there are, you know, and, and you never know, like, here's the thing. I hope that there yeah, are people. Yeah, it's like, well, the difference between not all men, but all of them are men. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not uh, all men are this, but currently, all and of it's, these are men. And it's not prescriptive. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be that way. Oh, it's no, just, you don't it's have to be a man to tell a horrible rape joke. Yeah. You just. And they're probably, I, hey, there are some women also probably yeah. telling horrible rape jokes. Uh, but that's that's not a valuable thing. to That's, that's like <laughs> Katy Perry in a kimono. Yeah, you kind of. a girlfriend. Uh, uh. Which also, I don't, I mean, appropriation is such a, like, I don't, I'm not a person who care. I care much more about, I resonate more with whatever it is. Like, audio things matter. Like, I, I'm an audio person more than a video person. Like, Interesting. I don't, like... Uh, like I was a visual artist like growing up like I drew I painted but then I stopped liking it and caring about it and so like when I you know I love like me I'm a, I've been a musician since I was four my parents are music teachers I like music has been a language that I've known my whole life like music is like the art my first art my first yes. like love and yeah, I, your stand-up is quite rhythmic as well. I noticed I that it's appreciate got and a pattern to it. It's funny because I mean obviously in comedy the I mean content is valuable mm. like but sometimes like uh, and for songs as well like some people listen to a song like oh the powerful lyrics and mm. stuff for me the first many times that I listen to a song it's all about the the aesthetics it's not about like I've, I love Ani DeFranco for years I would listen to her songs and not have any idea what they were about until like the 90th time I listen I'm like this is a really interesting powerful beautiful song yeah uh, or like I mean even rap like I love like hip hop, uh, with you know, with all like, I, there's a lot, uh, of course, me, much many problems. Like I, I think Eminem is a genius. I also don't think he would be my friend, uh, yes. or or vice versa. Yes. Even though I do think he has also grown and changed, and his most recent album, which is an amazing thing, has on it a song called Headlights, which is basically an apology to all to his mother for all of the other songs that he's ever written about her, and like an understanding that oh, I was actually mad that my dad wasn't there and I took it out on you. Like that's the message of that song and well, yeah then you've also got this package leftism where you have for example the fact that a lot of a lot of black hip hop and rap is incredibly sexist of course and sometimes racist because oh uh, yeah because of society I mean because it is reflecting society or and not even just reflecting it is amplifying and exaggerating yeah uh, yeah because of you know so many other root problems yeah uh, which of which sexism is one as one well. One among many. Uh, and yeah, so obviously, and I don't like. I, I mean, I think that accepting differences in, in people, like, is it's also important to accept complexities. Like, you know, ex if you, I like so many things Dan Savage does. If he does one thing I don't like, that doesn't make me write him off forever. Yes. If, uh, you know, Eminem, Eminem's music initially, I actually when I first listened to it in 1998. I loved it on the radio, and then it was too like graphic and dirty and un undesirable for me to appreciate. Because I think I, becoming a comedian like not desensitized me, but like opened my experience up to be like, oh, okay, I I can hear things that I dislike, disagree with, and contextualize them and and use that to crystallize like what I actually do yes. feel and care about and what's important to me. Yeah, nobody enjoys hearing things that make them uncomfortable, but it's like going Some to the do. gym. Some people do. Yes, yeah. It's like I mean, yeah, but it's like going to the gym. You gotta, you kind of have to expose yourself to these things, oh, and then oh my god, you know. I was brought up in a very sheltered kind of not 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 sheltered sheltered because we, sure. we lived in a falling down house and my Buddhist mom was shelter. sick. Yeah. But in terms of like, I never met an unreasonable person until I was in my teens. Amazing. Everyone I spoke to was reasonable. It was very similar for me as well. Or I just wasn't paying attention. Yeah, possibly. There was a lot of. I mean, I was just like, hey, things seem fine over here, you know. And and so just to know that that's in the world is incredibly important. And and that sort of to to tie it back to the issue we're talking about. Like, yes, I think for me, it's valuable. I'm going to say for me, it's valuable to be able to 
here's something that makes me be like, oh, that's not what I would say. Where's this coming from? Like, especially when it's from like an intelligent person, mm. a, a seemingly otherwise reasonable person who holds a view that I don't have, which then manifests in like, like, you know, an example, Patrice O'Neill, love his stuff on race, and then the stuff that he has on gender differences, I listen and I'm like, that helps me know why I feel the way that I do. I'm not gonna play your stuff for a child, but I've gotten value out of it. Yeah. But then to take it further, like there are things, I'm not gonna tell everybody that they must engage with the world the way that I do because sometimes like what is you know I don't have any I don't believe I have anything that's triggering I don't under I don't really experientially understand what it is to have that so I'm never gonna tell somebody like don't have like well just stop I mean what is what is even to say to a person like I hope it doesn't happen like I hope I hope that you have a life where I hope I I wish that your experience was at least in this respect like mine yeah well this is an interesting so here's one thing that I think is problematic about a lot of discourse at the moment is that people don't acknowledge where other people are on their journey yes so for a perfect example of this is my grandmother who was, would just say the most awful things. Holocaust survivor, lovely woman, so generous and kind. Uh, we had some, we had a homeware store in her suburb. It was owned by a gay couple and it burned down. And she said, Oh no, those poor fucking faggots. I will make them a lasagna. Ah, uh, ha, 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 ha. That is, do you, t- do you say that on stage? No, I don't. That's but, so funny. Right? Oh my God. And so, like, having a problem with the language there is missing the point entirely. Ab, yeah, I oh, think. Oh, 100%. I mean... You know what I mean? Like, just, it's not even, there's no point in having that discussion with her. Because she already knows their people and is making them a lasagna. That is, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, there's such, there's such cognitive dissonance in what's behind, what's behind the sentiment well, be- and what, and how it's being expressed. Because the language is, is associated with yeah. loaded and violent terms, but she's not using them in a loaded and violent way, and there's no way you could misinterpret it as a violent act. A- agreed, and I mean... Unless but, you really wanted to, and that, some people really want to. Some people definitely do, but also, you know, I'm not... Who knows, a person who has had that word only associated with actual violent acts against their person now hears it and is re-traumatized regardless of context. Like even if they're being given a lasagna? I'm not I'm not <laughs> saying those those You know ones. what I mean? Like I no, I, I do know what you're saying, but I'm like if somebody hears this story and like I mean Again, this is not my. This is not my, my belief. Well, you know is the guy yet. in the Australian outback who gets to see uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and then goes to you. Oh yeah, trannies are all right then. I mean, like to to. T- well, that, and that's that's the root. When of you this see issue. progress, to take issue. I I understand. I'm completely at this refined level when most of society is so not refined yet. Yes, I completely understand what you are saying, and I have said I have said similar things along my journey and I'm at a place now where I'm at, at a certain point if if I was arguing with somebody who was saying no never say that word not even like that please yeah then I'm not going to say you don't understand yeah like even if I think that that somebody doesn't understand like I'm going to say maybe I don't understand because I I don't know everything I hardly know anything so like where I'm at now is like I know like I have I'm glad to have friends like in these you know I'm I'm not glad that these that I have friends that are marginalized that are disenfranchised and made to feel less than a window into that given that yeah I'm glad to know so many people and to be able to like again I, I I'm glad that they put up with my being like you know like Kamau Bell has a joke where he says something like, uh, white people sometimes ask me, like, when am I allowed to say the N-word? And then he says, the answer is when you're willing to accept the consequences of saying the N-word. And then they're like, so you don't, I should never say it? He's like, that's not what I said. He's like, does anybody want to say it? And then he yells, does anybody want to say it? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's really funny and such a valuable mm. point uh, that... Like, any, yeah, anybody can, the whole point is anybody can do anything. And it's important to, like, 
I want everybody's journey to get where like where it deserves to be, you yeah. know. And I under, I do think that there are some paths that are windier than others. Yes. And but it's also I recognize that it's not my place. It's my place to figure out what I believe, what I think, what I want, and to act and manifest kindness. Yeah. Uh, in in the best way that I can to like I don't wanna I don't wanna be an additional problem, and I want to know I want to be able to say the truth kindly as much as possible and then recognize when it's not my time to talk (laughs) yeah the truth thing is an interesting one and i do have to it is almost time for me to not talk okay but uh so did you did you have any particular point that you wanted to make i i think that was kind of it that that, was it that that you're glad you have exposure to these i mean i'm i'm just constantly glad like at every point in my life, like in my comedy career, like I've been, you know, you start off bad. I mean, most people. Everyone. I started off bad at comedy, and then, but I, but I was delusional, and a lot of people are. You're like, I have things that are worth saying. I think yeah. these are funny. I don't care that everybody doesn't agree. That's how you start. And then, I still you know, feel like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, well, here's the thing. A few years in, you're like, oh, man, what an idiot I was. At least now I get yeah, that much, yeah. at least. And then a few years, you're like, oh, what an idiot that guy. I'm like, you know, I'm still, I'm writing things that are funny in some context, but I'm like, oh, man, what a horrible performer I was. I can't believe that people were not responding to that. At every step of the way, I'm happy that I'm not doing what I did Yeah, before. I often find when I come up against something that I've done or said that is problematic and I feel horrible and ashamed of myself, the thing that I remind myself of is that the most left person, the most left-leaning, wonderful, kind, generous-hearted person 400 years ago would have treated his slaves well and not hit his wife much. 100%. So just to kind of accept (laughs) that, you know, you you you, you are in context always around the people around you and, uh, and oh, yeah. try to make it better bit by bit. And the, the analogy that I would make from in my comedy career to my life is like every step of the way I'm like, oh yeah, bet, now I know about this, now I know about that, now I'm better, I'm more full, I've chipped away things that I don't need, that I don't want, I'm, and you know, it seems like you're, it's my, my, it, it has seemed, I've acted like it's approaching an asymptote. You yeah. know, like the idea, oh, the, the perfect version of myself. And I do think, you know, like there's a steep learning curve and then it gets le- it gets more and more gradual, but I... You never hit the target. And, and I'm, I thought that I was close, I thought that I was closer to it. And this, this issue in particular has really opened my eyes uh, in a way that I'm like, oh, even like maybe, maybe, maybe the asymptote wasn't even where I thought it was. Maybe there isn't one. Maybe it's... Con- even higher than yeah. I thought, and so I'm, I'm always, you know. There's Aim a, in the yeah. right direction. If you fall somewhere along yeah. the way, you're doing well. Joe Wong is a comedian in Boston who has a joke uh, that he says something like, uh, "I don't approve of public nudity, but when it happens, I want to be there." And <laughs> that, the parallel that I have from that to this is, I don't want there to be injustice and inequality and people being traumatized and having harm and shame done to them. Uh, given that it's here, I'm glad that I am learning and yeah, be, I want to know about it. I want to. Yeah, I want to know. I want to help. I want to know if I can help. If I should. If I. I want. And you know. And I'm learning about myself and the world. And that's all that we can do. And pff, I'm white. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, you're having tea with Alice. I'll plug your stuff online. Thank you. In the intro. Appreciate it.